It's time for the Moving the Chains podcast. Your home for high school football coverage in the Palmetto State. Every team, every game, every week. And now your host, Kevin Thomas and Jarrell Hendricks. What's up, guys? Kevin Thomas, Jarrell Hendricks here for our week three high school football recap show. Jarrell, glad to have you on the show, man. It's your first time here. We've been a couple games this year. I mean, let's just start recapping last week quickly. What are some immediate thoughts about what we saw in week three? Some, some big upsets, some big wins, some surprises. Give us a quick overview, and then we'll kind of go from there. The big thing, of course, was the great collegiate win over Ridgeview that we took in on Friday night. Uh, just an amazing game. Uh, I know Gray's still trying to build their stadium on, on campus there, but it was still great. They had a great environment, good DJ, good music, but even better football, um, definitely highlighted by the star, Casey Adams. So that was a huge win. Um, but there was just some, some great games across the Palmetto State, um, but definitely wanted to, to highlight the one that we took in on Friday night. Yeah, let's get into that. You know, Gray comes away with a 28-18 to 18 win, and that's – that's a 2A school beating a 5A school. I know we've seen some chirping back and forth that Gray's not really a 2A school because of some of the charters that they can do and whatnot. But, you know, we saw it firsthand, Drell. These guys are having to play both ways. So, from that standpoint, depth standpoint, 100% a 2A school. And guys like Casey Adams and Tori Kelly, they didn't come off the field all night long. Definitely punching above their weight class. It was a great, great game, those guys. But those were the two stars, definitely, with Tori and KZ. Um, we heard Coach Holmes in our interview say that KZ is the best back in the state, and it's kind of hard to disagree with him there. Um, those guys just fought. Even towards the end, Ridgeview got a little bit of momentum. They recovered in an onside kick. Uh, but those guys from Gray just kept punching and just kept making plays and were able to, to knock off that 5A school. You know, honestly, they really had control of the game from the start. You know, they took their first drive, drove right down the field, put it in the end zone stopped Ridgeview. Ridgeview didn't score until late in the first half, I believe, if I'm correct there. And, you know, they had a, a two-score lead for most of the game. They just – they kept fighting, kept fighting. And, you know, it wasn't really – they weren't running trick plays. They weren't, you know, doing anything wild. They were literally just give it to KZ right off the gut, off the edge, whatever. And, and Ridgeview had nothing for him. That was it. I mean, was, those guys were literally lining it up, and they knew where the ball was going, and they were asking them to stop it. And Ridgeview, for the most part, couldn't do it. Um, but I'm honestly more impressed with the defensive performance. Um, we were right there on the sidelines. Kudos to the defensive coordinator having a great plan. He really kept the safeties in the box. Another thing about KZ, he was matched up on the outside the whole time, one-on-one, -on -one, no safety help, and didn't allow anything to happen out there. Um, I understand that Ridgery's got a pretty good receiver. Can't remember his name right now. Um, he made a couple plays, but for the most part, there was nothing down the field, no big plays. Uh, but that defense was all over the field and um, were able to start stop the short passing game from Ridgeview and to keep those guys um, kind of slowed in the running game as well. That's a huge advantage, like you mentioned there, with KZ not needing any help. You know, that if you basically take away half the field from the passing game, you can put your 10 guys in the box, whatever. That's a huge advantage. But, you know, their coach, like we, like you mentioned there, he had their them read to a T. He knew their tendencies. He knew what was coming. We could hear between drives, like, you know, if they bring in nine, they're running a stretch to the left or whatever. He knew exactly what they were going to do all night long, and he had those guys ready to play. And I think Coach 
Coach Holmes holds after the game, this is probably the best defense he's had since he's been there. And they think this could help them really make a run this year. But I do want to, you know, highlight a couple guys on, on Ridgeview's team. They're the quarterback, um, Andre Washington. He throws a good ball. You know, he had some balls he put in a, a good place, had a couple receivers not really help him out with some catches and, and things like that. But he didn't play a bad game. They just – they couldn't make any plays on the outside for him. That's right. Yeah, he, he threw some great balls. Definitely had some some good velocity on his short passes because they did like to throw a lot of screen – screen plays, um, but when they did go down the field, I mean, he, he put some some back shoulder throws that were really nice, and he just didn't get a lot of help from, from his receivers making plays on the outside. So um, I think it was – I think it was just more of a testament to how good that great team was. You know, they don't have that depth being a two-way school, but their starters can match up, I would say, with any starters around the state. That's right. You know, we saw them start to get a little bit worn down, maybe towards the end of the third quarter and whatnot. But they came up with a big fourth down stop. Uh, Washington tried to hit, I think it was Lawson. I think Lawson's the receiver's name. He tried to hit him on, a, on an out route there, couldn't drag his feet, forced a turnover there. And then even when Ridgeview scored a couple times late, Gray was able to stop those two point conversions to keep it a, a multi score game there. And that was big for them to not really ever get into a danger zone, honestly, against the Blazers. Well, that was what was really huge, too, was stopping those two points. Um, Ridgeview was not able to execute, I guess, any kicks for the PAT. So they went for two just, I think, every time that they scored. And they were stopped every single time. And when they did have that momentum towards the end of the fourth quarter, because they had a 30-second scoring drive, went down and recovered an onside kick, it kept it at that 10-point game when they got it to 20-18, which kind of changed the complexion and kept it two scores. So even though they had that late momentum, those big defensive stops um, on those two-point plays, you know, kept it two scores and, and it really helped Gray cruise to that win. And, and Gray, I mean, if you if you weren't worried about them ahead of time, they really put this rest of the state on, on notice now. You know, they'll play anybody, 5A, 4A, 3A, doesn't matter. And people are just looking down the line. They see that Gray yeah. collegiate Abbeville matchup coming up and everybody's looking forward to that in 2A and what would be probably the upper state final, depending on how the brackets work out. But that would be a well of ball game. But Drell, I do want to mention our, Players of the week, kind of from that game, players of the game there. And we've already mentioned the guys, but, you know, who were a couple guys that really stood out to you? Well, of course, you just got to go to the two studs of the team. Number one, Casey Adams. Um, I think he had four touchdowns, had the play of the season, the play yes. like high school football that I've probably ever seen where Trey Robinson breaks three tackles, about to get dragged down. I don't know. That was a great play in itself. And I mentioned to you after the game, I'd kind of given up on it. I'm like, man, that's a great play by the quarterback to at least just flip the KZ. It didn't stop there. He catches the ball, ducks between five or six defenders, and turns it into a touchdown. So I think he had 210 on the ground, that receiving touchdown, and he had three more scores to lead the charge for Gray. I mean, um, another player that stood out to me was Torrey Kelly. I know he was playing a little bit of H-back tight end um, blocking, but he really made some plays on the defensive side of the ball. He was one of those safeties, and he was coming up, and he was thumping those guys. Uh, but he was flying all over the field. Kids got great size. I don't know who's recruiting him, but whoever gets him, they're going to pick up a great athlete. Yeah, he, he came with bad intentions all night long, several big hits on, on just, you know. And honestly, and they were like in one-on-one -on -one place to where if he misses the tackle, the guy goes for 10, 15 yards, but he didn't miss any tackles all night long. And, uh, you know, that KZ and Terry Robinson play, you got to see it for yourself. It's on our Twitter page. We've got a couple videos we share from Sensei Hoops and Mike Yuba and working on getting one of our own from a, from a guy we met at the game. But that's uh, still still working on that process there. But you got to see that play with the the broken tackles and the flip to KZ. It was awesome. But And, and you'll hear in this interview here in a minute, we're going to play for you, where KZ kind of breaks down what he saw and what he was thinking in his, in his mind as that goes. But 
after the game, Drell and I called up with Coach Holmes and then also Casey Adams, and we asked him about some of these matchups, like, you know, beating a 5A team or, you know, playing both ways and things like that. And those guys gave us a, bre a great, great breakdown, and we'll play those here for you guys uh, right now. Rolls out, flips it to KZ. I don't know how he didn't get tackled by the six guys around him. What was going through your mind when you saw that happen? Uh, I've seen it before with, 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 with 17 before. He slipped out of so many guys. So, I mean, just making a play. You know, in big time games like that, a bit, you got to make a play. We talk about it right there. It's just a scramble. Great play. Great job by Trey of, of getting outside the pocket and just finding 17. And then he puts it in his face and he, he can't tackle him there. Well, thanks, Coach. Congratulations yeah, on a big win. And uh, we appreciate you having thanks us out here. That's huge beating that 5A team. Was, and uh, well, good luck the rest of the like season. Like I said, there, there, was a, there was a lot going on between both teams. And, and they wanted to say it was a father son game. But I think we showed who the dad is for tonight. Congrats, Coach. Because you got to ask you, big win over a local school, big 5A school. How'd that feel tonight? Um, it just feels a little great. You know, they've been really doubting us just because we're a little 2A school, and I don't really like that. So it's like, we was extra motivated, you know. So that just gave us that chip on our shoulder to come out here and you know, give it everything we got. Got to talk about your conditioning. You never come off the field, man. Like, how do you, how do, you do it? Uh, actually, by the grace of God, I don't, I don't really know. You know what I mean? I just drink Pete Light and drink a lot of water. and. I just go out there and play. That's, That's the key. I got it. I got it. I got it. Ain't no secret. Man, one more question for you. What do you think in that play there? Trey breaks two or three tackles, flips it out to you. What was going through your head at that time you take it to the house there early in the early in the game? Great play there. Hey, that was God right there. Because when I caught, I was like, Trey, give me the ball, give me the ball. And I just caught him. I'm just seeing, I just seen nothing but white jerseys. And I just made a little cut. I kept my balance and I just ran through. And I'm like, man, I scored on this. I'm like, man, I can't wait to see this on film. So it felt real good. Okay, congrats on the win, man. Big game, 210. Appreciate you guys having us out here. Good luck the rest of the season, man. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, Thank buddy. you. Absolutely. 
And our podcast, Moving the Chains, is brought to you by the George Agency, serving the insurance needs of South Carolina for over 35 years. They're a full-line insurance agency concentrated in employee benefits and health insurance in the office in Mullins and Merrill's Inlet. They can help you all across the state. They have clients in Greer, Rock Hill, Columbia, et cetera. So wherever you are, they can help. Whether you're a seasonal worker or a small business owner needing insurance for your company, give Bradley, Wayne Richard, and the crew a call. TheGeorgeAgency.net. Check them out there. Tell them the Moving the Chains voice sent you. And also our newest sponsor, Security Advantage Federal Credit Union. They, are, they have a clear purpose to improve the financial lives of their members. They offer much lower loan rates and don't charge the fees that other banks do. Whatever your personal journey, Security Advantage is here to offer you smart financial solutions. Join today at securityadvantagefcu.com. That's securityadvantagefcu.com. Security Advantage Federal Credit Union, win at banking, thrive at life, member NCUA. Jarrell, let's get into some of our, our scores from our weekly pick'em. If you guys aren't a part of the pick'em, you, you want to do it. You know, we're giving away a prize at the end of the year. We do 10 games a week. Drill, let's run through those, uh, get the scores there, and maybe give a quick comment if we have anything on some of those games. For sure, yeah. Those games of the week were awesome, and definitely, if you can, get in that pick'em contest. It's so much fun to keep up with. It keeps you engaged. And uh, while you're at your favorite game, it also keeps you – you can keep up to date with uh, – what's going on around the state. But going into those scores, we've got, uh, obviously, we had Gray over Riverside 28-18. Another big one, we had Greenwood against North Augusta. Greenwood was able to win 31-7. Looks like they pulled away in the second half of that game. Yeah, I want to hop in there, Drew. I saw that game was actually 7-7, and the Greenwood scores 24 in a a row. I mean, that triple option just keeps getting better and better, it seems like. I think they've got a big matchup with Dutch Fork next Friday night. We'll really see how good they are, but They've had a couple of very big wins in, in 4A, you know, beating Catawba Ridge two weeks ago, and then now North Augusta. Both of them were top 10, top five, you know, caliber teams in 4A. Greenwood's looking very strong in their classification for sure. Greenwood's looking great. Looking forward to that matchup with Dutch Fork. And like you said, we'll really see how good they are that week um, when they play against those guys. And they may have the advantage. I know Dutch Fork's a monster, but Dutch Fork's only played one game this year. So, you know, we got a really hot team. You got the most talented team. So um, we'll see how that goes going forward. Um, going back into the scores, you had AC Flora 31-7 over Lower Richland. Uh, good to see Flora get back on track. And uh, looks like they got the offense rolling there. It sounds uh, like that defense is for real, too. I know we heard some Malou Bajak on the show so, uh, Friday night. So that defense is really good. And that's – you know, that's what they had last year. They had a very high-powered offense, very good defense. They lost a lot of talent, but it looks like the defense is, is still continuing to, to roll. A lot of athletes down there at Florida, so it looks like they they uh, they did well on Friday night. Um, the next game that we had, um, we had Brooklyn Casey over Chapman. Um, kind of surprised to see that one. It was 42-35. Looks like that game was back and forth for the majority of the game. It was tied. Um, those are two really good programs, and uh, – Kind of shocking to see BC beat Chapman, but when we were down in the Midlands, there weren't too many people who were saying that they were shocked. You know, us being in the upstate might have a little bias the way that Chapman played Burns, but um, Brooklyn Casey looks like they came to play. What do you think? Yeah, you know, a top five matchup there, probably the best, I guess, ranking of games in the state if you're looking at the same classification there last week. And BC, I think the guy was telling us Friday night, the guy playing quarterback for them came from Gray, uh, the state and kid, and sounded like he played a great game for them. And you know, to go on the road and win at Chapman, which is a tough place to play, that's a big win there for the Bearcats. I mean, they're going to be tough to beat in 3A this year as well, it looks like. Oh, for sure. Um, getting back into it, we had Goose Creek 49 over Wilson 28. Um, Greenville continues to roll. They went 31-2 over Man. Looks like Man got a safety. Greenville's got all those uh, highly recruited guys and uh, 
all those weapons all over the field on the offense. So it looks yeah. like they continue to play well. And I believe, Drew, I think I've seen now that Greenville is 4-0 and and all four wins have come against 5A opponents. Which, you know, some of those guys, like a man and a Wade Hampton, aren't aren't great teams. But beating a Rock Hill, beating a Malden, those are two pretty good wins for sure. And I think they get Northwestern this week. So we'll learn even more about the Red Raiders here before we even get into region play. Well, I'm an upstate guy, so, you know, it's always good. You know, those Greenville teams like to beat up on those those teams in Greenville County. So, you know, man came in there with a little extra juice, and it looks like Greenville just shut them down. Um, another uh, score that we didn't expect to be so lopsided, Sumter, 36-7 to over Carolina Forest. So, it looks like the Gamecocks, it looks like they were struggling offensively uh, to start the season, but it looks like they got everything in gear um, there. Close game um, down in the lower part of the state. You had Myrtle Beach 34 over Oceanside 31. Um, I guess that's Myrtle Beach's first game this year. So it was. Maybe it was. knocking off a little bit of rust there, um, getting it going. Um, I think Adam Randall, the Clemson commit, had a big game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Oceanside, they've played some, some tough competition this year. And it looks like those guys, they hung in there and uh, gave Myrtle Beach a little more than than, uh, than we the, than we expected for sure. That's true. You know, Oceanside started out zero and two, losing to Squitter North Carolina, and then Gray pretty handily. But they came back, beat uh, I think C. Murray two weeks ago, and then played the Smart Beach team pretty tough. So maybe they're starting to kind of find their stride. But it's just good for the Seahawks Seahawks to finally get get on the field. I mean, you know, you can only do so much at practice and learn so much. And with that firepower, we knew they could score points. And we'll see if they get the defense short up a little bit. But those guys are going to be tough out for sure this year. Always, always a tough out with Myrtle Beach. Um, next game we had was Northwestern over Chester, 42-26. Northwestern seems like they're playing uh, high-level football to start off the year. I think they've got a matchup with Greenville next week. Um, so that should be a, a very good game. You'll probably see that in the pick next week uh, for week four. And then uh, give a shout-out to the to the uh, Louisville and Ridge Spring Mineta. Looks like there was a little bit of – Offensive firepower from both sides there, 58 to 50. Um, I think Louisville was was up pretty big in the first half of that game. Um, obviously, we weren't there, but it looks like um, it was a very tightly contested matchup for those schools. Yeah, those guys, you know, up and down the field, it sounds like. And I want to say I had a stat line here for for uh, RSM's quarterback, if I can find it. I don't know if I'll be able to or not. But, yeah, here it goes. He had 17 for 29 for 201, three TDs, and 39 yards on the ground, two TDs. He also went in for one play on defense and had a 47-yard pick six. So this guy was all over the field there for, for Ridge Spring Mineta. Wasn't quite enough to pull out the victory. That's a big win for Louisville there. Um, but Ridge Spring Mineta is also going to be a, a tough team for sure come playoff time with some of the athletes they have down there. Isn't that what you love about high school football? You go in for one play, you get your best athlete, best athlete out there and takes it to the house for a pick six. So oh, that's that's outstanding. Um, and we'll kind of just seg into another big game that we had to highlight. It was our upset of the week for sure. We had West Side over Burns in a thriller, 64 to 62. I think you got a stat line for the, the uh, Marshall committed quarterback for West Side. Yeah, Peter Zamora finishes tonight at 20 for 27, 371, five TDs and zero picks trail. It sounds like nobody could stop anybody in this game, man. It was just nuts on the offensive side. You know, we saw Burns two weeks ago. Dutch Fort put up 50-something points against them. We thought the defense, you know, had some issues. We didn't think it was this bad, I don't believe. 
Yeah, Burns was really impressive, I think, against Dutch Fork. They kept that game closed for a quarter and a half. I know the, the running back got injured, injured in that game. Um, the offense was prolific. Quarterback looked really, really solid um, when we saw them against Dutch Fork. Uh, but it looks like it was another great offensive performance. But we did see some of those offensive breakdowns – or, excuse me, defensive breakdowns from Burns. And I guess it reared its ugly head last Friday against Westside, and they were able to exploit it. But kudos to, to Westside and that program for – for going up there and uh and taking care of business there. There's an account on Twitter that does, you know, spreads for high school football. Not sure like how official it is and what they based it off of, but I want to say they had Burns as around a 28, 29 point favorite. So obviously Westside covered that and more. Um, so maybe the biggest upset in the state, honestly, so far this year. I mean, you know, you could throw a game like Gray Ridgeview in there, um, you know, go two A versus five A, but this this is a, a a huge win for the Rams there after they had had a tough loss to Greer the week before, but that week they were kind of depleted with some different COVID issues and one didn't have their quarterback. So them to bounce back and, and get rolling here was, was a nice win for those guys for sure. Most definitely. All right, well, let's give one more shout out to our sponsors here before we get out of here and let you guys go. The Georgia Agency, they've been serving the insurance needs of South Carolina for over 35 years. They're a full-line insurance agency concentrating in employee benefits and health insurance in the office in Mullins and Merrill's Inlet. They can help you all across the state. They have clients in Greer, Rock Hill, Columbia, et cetera. So wherever you are, give them a call. Bradley, Wayne Rich from the crew, the Agency.net, and then Secured Advantage Federal Credit Union. They have a clear purpose to improve the financial lives of their members. They offer much lower loan rates and don't charge the fees that other banks do. Whatever your personal journey, Security Advantage is here to offer you smart financial solutions. Join today at securityadvantagefcu.com. That's securityadvantagefcu.com. Security Advantage Federal Credit Union, win at banking, thrive at life, member NCUA. Drew, any final thoughts here on week three? I know this is our, our first week doing this kind of recap show, so we hope you guys who have tuned in like it. You know, if you do send us some tweets or, or Facebook messages, whatever, we're going to keep doing this and hopefully – growing it and figuring out, you know, what you guys like to hear. If you want more scores or more content or whatever, we're going to work on it. But, Drill, what's kind of an overall, you know, look back at week three, look forward to week four maybe. What are some things that are kind of going through your head as far as uh, as far as far we wrap up the show here? The biggest thing for me is being a, a huge football fan and definitely a huge high school football fan. It's been great to get back in the stadiums, see the crowds, see the passion, um, and just see some great football in this state. Um, I want to give a shout out to you and John. Thank you for letting me join this uh, Moving the Chains crew. It's been outstanding this year. You guys do some of the best coverage across the state, giving these guys a spotlight in the state of South Carolina. Um, and I want to give a shout out to Coach Holmes for sure. Um, thank him for letting us get that interview on Friday night. He was really fired up, and he should have been because his team played extremely well. He's got a star, but – it's, it was a team effort on Friday night because those guys were flying all over the ball on both sides. Um, they were physical, they were disciplined. And um, just a shout out to Coach Holmes um, and that, that great collegiate team. For sure. And Drell, man, we're glad to have you on board. You've got some great work and, and, you know, great things with us so far. We're excited to kind of build off of that. But yeah, big shout out Coach Holmes. Like you said, you know, even before the game, he came over and said, hey, and said, appreciate you guys. Thanks for coming out. I love what you're doing. So, Love to, you know, hear that from some of the coaches and players around the state that, you know, they like what we're doing. They were actually kind of helping them get some exposure and whatnot. So that's really cool to see. And then, you know, I told you before the game when he came over there, he said he said he had a little confident, you know, a confident sound to him. So I knew that maybe Bray could play with him. But, man, hats off to those boys. The War Eagles, a big 10-point win over Ridgeview. That's a huge, huge win. And, you know, one thing I'm thankful for, Drell, is that we're starting to see maybe a, a little less uh, – a little a fewer 
fewer cancellations each week. I think we're down to about 15 last week. We we're over 20 in the first couple of weeks. So glad to see that number slowly starting to dwindle down. Hopefully we get to a full week here pretty soon. But um, for Kevin Thomas, Rell Hendricks, you know, you want to follow us here on Twitter at Moving Change, M-O-V-I-N-C-H-A-I-N-S. Same on Instagram. On Facebook, we're Moving the Change. If you want to do the direct link, it's Moving the Change SC. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you get your podcast at. Check that out. Follow Drell on Twitter, O underscore Rel, O-L underscore R-E-L. Me on Twitter, K underscore M-A-R-T-1-0. Give us a follow. You know, we're always tweeting out not only college or high school stuff, but college stuff, NFL stuff, whatever. So check us out. And uh, for our week three recap show, that'll do it. And we will see you guys next week.